Lawson. And hello to anyone still listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We have been friends for over 15 years and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. I'm glad we started this new streak because, yeah. you know, we did. We're on a new streak now because... Um, we started all over again for the fifth anniversary, and now we've it's, we're going to have another the not yet, but we will again have the longest streak in podcasting history. Hi, Mike Lawson, my partner. In Hi, time. we're so consistent. Yeah, um, how you been? Kind of overwhelmed with drag race shit. Oh, God, tell like. me about it. Tell me about it. Anyone who listens to both shows knows I had like a little mini therapy session with Taylor the Latte Boy, my co-host over on Drag Race Recap last night, just because it's just overwhelming. But then also, you you had a birthday recently. Oh, yeah, I did. How was and that? And I went camping. It was good. So um, I turned 37. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, for my birthday, Steve and I were going to do something special. And I wanted to go camping. There was a, a small moment where we almost w- went down to L.A. Oh, really? Um, yeah. The problem, though, was that I had a three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So it just felt kind of wasteful to, I feel like LA, like I would spend one day getting down there, mm-hmm. even if I fly, like that day isn't like a full day, you know? Mm-hmm. And then one day getting back, it just it felt wasteful. I see what um, you're saying. Here's I, what you, here's what the, my advice would have been. But this is, again, you would have had, you would have plan for this. Yeah. I would pick a part of Los Angeles that you want to Basically, almost like that little section of Los Angeles is where you yeah. visit. So if you're like, you See know that? what, I want to stay downtown, and that's it. Yeah, that's the problem. Is I didn't have that. I wanted to. If we did it, we probably would have stayed with Steve's sister. Uh, but I, we want to hit up a few different LA things that are not all in one spot. There's, mm-hmm. we have a list. Oh, so you do. It just seems, yeah, it just seems kind of wasteful to to do that. So we went camping and. Um, I've we've talked on the show in the past, I believe, about Steve not liking camping. Why are you laughing? I was laughing thinking about how like uh, Steve has several places he wants to visit in L.A. He wants to go to the Cheesecake Factory on La Brea. <laughs> he wants to go to the Olive Garden in the Westfield Mall. And you're like, oh, <laughs> he likes other stuff. Uh, but we uh, have talked on here before about Steve's um, how much Steve, my boyfriend, enjoys camping, and it's. Not very much. Mm-hmm. And he does it because I enjoy it, which is very nice of him. And uh, the last time we went camping, I think I remember telling you about how he agreed to do it if and only if I uh, chose a campground that had showers. Mm-hmm. And then when I reserved the campground, I reserved the wrong one on accident. Do you remember <sighs> this? I think I yeah. remember this. Yeah. It was a big deal. Uh, but he was still a good sport. So this time I reserved the correct campground uh, with showers. Mm-hmm. But when we got there, it had just started raining. So we put up the tent very quickly um, and then unpacked a little bit, but it just started coming down. So 
um, pretty much the entire trip when we were up there. We only stayed one night when we were up there. The we did go for a really nice hike the first night we were there, mm-hmm. um, and because it did kind of clear up a bit, but everything was just kind of wet, not like super muddy and gross, but just like wet. Mm-hmm. And so, even like the firewood that we got, which we tried really hard not to get wet, kind of was like a little damp, and just the air was damp, and the fire ring was damp, and everything was damp. So, we had a lot of trouble getting a fire started. So it kind of was a miserable trip. And oh, really? I, yeah. Well, the entire time I was like trying to be positive because I knew how much he hated camping. So I felt like mm-hmm. if I even gave a tiny, tiny glimpse of like dissatisfaction, he would be like, would you like to go? Should we just go? Like, I just felt like I had to act like I was really enjoying myself. Wait, I was I want, afraid. I want to stop you. There. I have a question. Were yeah. you having a good time? Yeah, I was. Um, but part of me was also just worried about how shitty of a time he was having because it was like wet and cold, and then overnight it got very cold. Um, and then Steve likes to just wear shorts a lot. He mm-hmm. wore shorts, and I was freezing. I was wearing two pairs. I wore sweatpants on top of the pants I was wearing because mm-hmm. I was so cold, and he had his shorts on, so he was cold all night too. I know it. Um, and when it came time for him to shower in the evening and it was, you know, 30 degrees out, he had second thoughts. So he ended up not even using the shower that we, you know, I had to make sure to plan uh, that he had access to. But, Mm -hmm. um, so we, we did the camping thing. Um, it was a nice way to kind of celebrate my birthday. I want to, I like camping. It just was not my favorite trip. If that makes sense. It wasn't, you know, awful, horrible time because I enjoy doing it. But, you know, the getting the fire started was sucky. Um, when we did get the fire started, it was like super smoky because our wood kind of had some some um, water in it. Uh, it, just, it just wasn't a great time. That's all. But is there really any better smell than a, a campfire and on, on, a, on a cloudy day? You're right, but when you can't be within 25 feet of it because it's just a huge white smoke and you're coughing, you know, a cloud of white smoke and you're coughing mm-hmm. kind of takes the fun That out sounds of like it. your bedroom most times. Ah, oh, yeah. Speaking of, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong, I have a delivery coming. Yeah. Um, how are you? What's going on with you? Any birthdays that you celebrated in the last week? I have not celebrated any birthdays in the last week, even though my friend Mercedes, her birthday is coming up. You know what's so funny? This is even one of my stories. You've heard me talk about my love for the cooking technique sous vide, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, this is so funny. I've totally made a convert of her. And like, she, I think she has used the sous vide more than I ever have. Like, when I saw her a few months ago, I brought my sous vide circulator and I made uh all of us some steaks and she went out and bought one immediately and she she's like making everything sous vide now so uh i think i might i'm almost gonna change her drag name to sous vide and um that's a stupid joke (laughs) yeah it really was (laughs) (laughs) it is a good drag name though sous vide um and i uh sous vide oh so I, I might buy her this bizarro birthday present, which is called a Searsall. 
And it's basically, a, it's like almost like a hair diffuser, but for a blowtorch. And so it diffuses the heat, but it, it, it makes everything, it basically, without having to sear anything on a pan, you can just sear it with this blowtorch. And I think she would really, really like that. Cool. I hope she doesn't listen to this show. She, she doesn't hear what her birthday present is. She doesn't. No. Yeah, don't I've even I've even like personally delivered episodes of the show to her, and she doesn't listen. Like what I'm a like, what a friend. Thanks. Well, but I like I've told you. I've already told you this. I do not want these people listening. What's going on with you, Joey? Oh yeah. Anyway. So you know I'm back here at the at the farm, the funny farm here. And my parents say to me, they go, listen, we were going to do this anyway, but we're getting all new mattresses for the entire house. We, I, I'm not going to say how, I'm going to try to be as vague as possible, but we have a hookup sure. by a person who can get these really expensive mattresses for like very cheap, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. Fell our, off the back of a truck? Not, no, it's not, it's not like that. Our friend owns the company... Okay. That sure. makes the mattresses for sure. these big companies that just slap their brand on it, right? But, you know, he's just a factory. He doesn't have a showroom, right? So we're going to, we need to all go to the showroom, okay, to try on these mattresses, okay? Okay. And we want you to go since, you know, you're going to be sleeping in one of the mattresses. We want you to pick the mattress, okay? Then what we're going to do is then we're going to tell our friend... And he's going to start making those mattresses and sell them to us for super cheap. Okay? I'm like, okay, it's fine. Because the mattresses they have here really are. It's like the worst, you know? Sure. I'm sure they bought them at like some Mexican swap. I'm not even being funny. I'm sure they bought them at like a Mexican swap meet. Anyway, and so it's literally, it's probably just filled with like pebbles and old newspapers. I'm afraid to look. Anyway. <laughs> so... They tell me, like, we're going to go run some errands, but we'll meet you there. They give me the address. They go, but, you know, and so in the morning, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And my dad goes, you know, reading this article, and it said that the best way to try out mattresses is to go in your pajamas. Because that's the way you're going to be sleeping. You don't sleep in your day clothes. It makes sense, you know. Sure. You don't sleep in your do day you bring clothes. Your, do you bring your comforter? Clothes? I don't know. So the okay. go, you know, go into your pajamas and try. I mean, this is a big investment, a lot of you know, thousands of dollars. So like, yeah, I'm gonna spend a third of your life. Like he, it's like he watched one of these mattresses. <laughs> you spend a third of your life in the bed. You know, you should might as well go in the clothes. I mean, that's a big investment. But ten years, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. And I go, whatever. Okay, bye. So he goes, here's the address. Meet at this time. So I'm leaving the house. And I just, I guess I was just assuming they would show up in like some sort of pajamas or something, right? Uh huh. Mike, I show, okay, well, let me get, I will get there. We, I think we know where this is going. Yeah. I drive over to this mattress place. First of With all, with you in a Rip Van Winkle, like, yeah. what are those like onesies called that <laughs> old men wore? In? I don't know, but like, yeah, but I don't even the big giant nightshirt. And I come in with like a candlestick and I look frightened. And I have like the big hat with a little puffy ball at the end. Anyway, <laughs> um, so first of all, they said it was a showroom, right? This showroom, I'm driving. I go, 
Is this address correct? Mike, I am in like the most isolated, desolate, like industrial park ever. It's just like all warehouses and trucks going in and out. Uh huh. And then there's this built with no sign. It's just a number, you know, it's a big giant building. And I go, this is the right address. And I see my parents' car, right? Okay, good sign, yeah. Yeah. I walk in. First of all, no one's in pajamas. <laughs> I'm the only lunatic there in, like, loose sweatpants. Well, I know. It'd be embarrassing for you because you sleep in the nude, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, my. Sir. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> What's even weirder is lately, because it's kind of chilly, I've been wearing a t-shirt so mm-hmm. like my shoulders don't get cold. Oh. <laughs> but everything else naked. <laughs> Let me tell you this. I just recorded an episode of RuPaul's, you know, Babalu went on a trip and uh-huh. Taylor was alone and he uh-huh. stood up and he was only wearing a polo shirt. I'm sure there was something underneath. And I was like, ah! Like I was just like so frightened. Anyway, so I know Taylor looked like he was like a little sex kitten. Like you're going to sing Santa Baby or something like that. Anyway, so I'm the only one of these like sweatpants and like slippers and like it's a whole thing, right? My parents are all dressed up like they're going to a party or something. Okay, that's not even the worst part. It's not really a showroom. It was like this guy's office and there was like a sample bed there. And you could tell he was like super confused. He's like, well, I mean, I guess we have a showroom. This is kind of like where we just sort of like... Our supply uh, store, you know, there's like in our office, our corporate offices, but I guess you can try out this bed. And my parents are like, you know, like pressing on it. And then, like, I don't know, this is uh, what's the name of this one? It's the something something, right? Okay, my mom's like, hmm. He's like, well, and he, he goes, you know what? Since, but since you're here, I can make, I'm the, I'm the owner of the company, he says, right? I'm the yeah. owner of the company. I can make you this really good deal. Right, and he tries to he's trying to do my my mom's like, no, it's okay. But now she can't say that she's just there to see which what mattress she wants, you know? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, this is like this is like the retailer now. This isn't like the guy who makes them. And he's like, she goes, "Is this your only showroom?" He goes, "No, we have a showroom in Buena Park." And she goes, "I think we're gonna go to Buena Park." And he's like, "But you're here." <laughs> Like, this is where they come your from. Yeah. Your mom cracks me up. Yeah, and she goes, well, I think I'd rather just go there. He goes, I'm the owner of the company. I'm yeah, making Everything you, th- you can get there, you can get yeah. here. He said, everything, is there anything you want to see? I can show that we're, you're at the factory that we're all leave from here. I think I'd just rather see what they look like in the store. Oh, my God. Betty, just say we're shopping around still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll be back. Really, well, we'll be the, back. That's Mike, That's all you have to say. We'll be back. The next story is very similar. Okay. okay. So I'm just going to tell you. So I'm like, ugh. And then it's just super awkward. She's like, and he's like, well, can I give you my card? And she's like, mm. I go, I'll take your card. Like, she wouldn't even take his business card. I go, I'll take your business card. She'll lose it. I said, yeah, yeah, we'll call you. And then we leave. But it, it was just all these shenanigans. They were nice mattresses, though. But here's the deal. This is only the mattress. Actually... He, I'm not, he's a good salesman. He kind of sold me. They, this company, what they're known for, it isn't even the mattress. It's um, one of those like foldy uppy beds, the ones that are automatic. Uh huh. Like know, um, what you know, what you press a called? button and it like it like the yeah, mattress like a goes hospital up. bed almost. Yeah. Oh my, that was amazing. 
I'm not gonna really? lie. He like, oh yeah. He goes like, watch, well, lay down. He goes, lay on your back. <clears throat> and then he like folds. He goes, this is just four degrees. And it was like all the pressure in my back went away. Like he's like, yeah, when you lay, that's not a good way to sleep. You should kind of sleep like this. And I'm like, and like it's just like there's more air in your lungs and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, this he's right. He kind of sold me on just the frame. I like the idea. I just feel like. I don't know. I it it's like only a one degree away from being. Um, do you remember that movie, The Incredibles, the cartoon Pixar movie? I remember it came out. I remember I seen it. Couldn't tell you a goddamn thing that happened in it. Well, there's like these guys in it that like basically they just lay down and like technology moves them from place to place. TV comes in front of them. Mm-hmm. Work moves in front. Of, like they never move. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like I would turn into that person. I'm already that person. No, you're not. <laughs> you walk to the bathroom. Actually, well, I actually watch very little television. That's the thing people don't get is um, I'm very, very watch very little television. Uh, I'm just mostly on this Reddit. Well, lately, all I'm doing is fucking just talking about RuPaul's Drag Race for seven hours a week. You know, but other than that, it's like either on Reddit or just doing some other shenanigans. Uh, what's going on with you, Michael Lawson? What's your What's your middle name? I feel like it's an Allen. What's your middle name? Yeah, it's Alan. Oh, Alan. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. See, that's why we've been friends for over 15 years. Every single week. Um, hey, what was my other story I was going to tell you? Um, it was so long ago. I went to uh, 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 <laughs> a musical mm-hmm. um, called The Wedding Singer. Um, yeah. A, the Bay Area kind of like community theater group did mm-hmm. The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so a friend of mine was in it, just kind of like an ensemble role. But by the way, this friend of mine, he's like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how like of his personal stuff I want to put on here, but he's like a diva. So before he even auditioned for Wedding Singer, he told me, I work with him, by the way, he told me, um, I'm going to audition for Wedding Singer, but I'm only going to take it because I know I'm going to get this one part. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, great. And he didn't get that part. He got offered just an ensemble role. Mm -hmm. And and he took it. Yeah, of course he did. (laughs) Of course he did, right? Um, So I went and saw it. He actually surprised me. This is the first time I ever saw him in anything. And he was really good. Mm -hmm. Just like really charismatic. He's also a really good dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, Just really good. And while I was there, though, I went with another coworker, and I have this like thing. I th- I don't know how much we've talked about it. I d- I think that I'm exceptionally good at remembering faces, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm bragging a little bit, and maybe I'm overselling it a little bit. But I do think that I'm like <laughs> above <are> average <laughs> in remembering faces. I'm sure it's hard you to are. Kind of gauge. I'm sure you yeah. are. But who are you bragging about this to? You right now. Oh, okay. But here here's the thing. I. Um, so like there's been times where like I see people like in grocery stores and I'm like oh I remember that person because they I don't know were behind the counter at the T-Mobile store three months ago like stuff like that like mm-hmm. I just kind of could put them in their place yeah I'm awful at remembering names I'm I d- really do have a shitty memory so I'm not bragging about my memory I'm saying faces for some reason I connect with mm-hmm. so anyway um, there was one time by the way I was at the uh, luggage um, carousel at the Oakland airport Mm -hmm. picking up my luggage and a lady stood next to me and I I don't know what I was thinking but I said to her 
because I remembered seeing her at the Trader Joe's grocery store, Mm -hmm. I said to her, like, ah, I've seen you at Trader Joe's. And, like, you could tell by the look on her face that it kind of creeped her out. And then I started to realize, like, oh, that is kind of creepy to just say to some random woman out in public somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I have that, and I kind of just, like, sit on it. If I see someone and if I feel like they recognize me, I might say something. Mm -hmm. But usually I'm not the first person to say I even recognize someone. Um, So anyway, um, so I go to Wedding Singer Joey, Mm -hmm. and I wonder what you would do. As I'm, I, I'm sitting there waiting for the show to start, uh, me and my uh, coworker are kind of talking and we're getting ready for this to begin. And a guy walks from, he was sitting, seated in the front row and he walks up the aisle, like right past me, who's sitting on the aisle and we make eye contact. And Joey, like 19 years ago, I worked with him when I was at Disneyland mm-hmm. and I remember, his name's Rodney. I remember him, but it was like, I almost was like paralyzed. Like, is it worth? Would do you mention that? Would you mention like, hey, Rodney, don't you remember me? This guy who you probably don't remember. So I just sat on it, and then he came back and he looked at me, and I couldn't tell if he was checking me out or if he also recognized me. But we didn't. We ended up. That was the last time I saw him, and so I didn't have an opportunity to say anything to him. Mm -hmm. But would you, after such an encounter? Well, I have some questions before I answer that. How well did you know Rodney? Not a, not at oh, all. Then, like, no, no, never, no, 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 no. We I'm, never hung out socially. No. I mean, we worked together, so we would take breaks together. And, no. you know, I, I maybe knew, I knew his friends, a couple of his friends a little bit better than him. No, no. For, for sure, 100% no, I'm doing nothing. I am not saying anything. Like, to be honest with you, in those situations... Either you would have to have some sort of social currency that I'd want to curry favor with you by saying hello, or, yeah. uh, like, in other words, if I knew you 19 years ago and you became, you know, uh, Andrew Garfield, then I might say, you know, I'm going to go say hi to Andrew Garfield, you know? Sure. Yeah. Or I spent a lot of time with you and I really want to see you and say, like, oh, my God, what's up? You know? But other than that, no, I'm, I'm just going to ignore you and pretend I didn't know who you were. Okay, good. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was what's weird though is he's basically my age. He's I would guess probably three years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I told you I just turned thirty seven, so he's forty. Which the difference between thirty seven and forty is nothing, right? Yeah. But when I worked with him, I was eighteen, so he was like twenty one. So he was like a decade older than me in my yeah. head. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the difference then was drastic. We never hung out because. I would only go to places that had, you know, illegal booze, but where he was going to real bars. I don't know. It was just very different. Um, yeah. So I didn't say anything. How was Plus, the musical? It was okay. It was like, I really like shitty community theater productions, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what it was. It was a little bit better than a really shitty community theater production, but it struggled in some parts, and I enjoyed that watching that struggle. Oh, I love shitty community musical theater. Yeah. I like when shit like goes wrong. I also really enjoy when people say lines that you know they don't understand. That just cracks me up. Like if I don't know, just like the delivery of a joke is not right or you know sentences are like run together as if they didn't they're just reading lines and don't really know what they're saying. I just love that. Were you the one with me when uh excuse me. Were you the one with me when um we went to go see My Fair Lady at La Mirada and the guy oh. who plays I forget what Higgins' friend's name is. 
um, had a heart attack during the show. What? what? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I go to this My Fair Lady, uh, Pickering, right? And every it, it was weird, I remember. I remember, because um, I remember you know, Pickering's there, and then it's a scene without Pickering, you know? And it's like, and it's Higgins is singing, is singing. Like, what would he be singing, you know? And he's like, why can't the English learn to speak? Right? And everyone applauds. He goes, then all of a sudden he's not British. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, um, sorry to break character. I need to tell you that so-and-so who plays Colonel Pickering has just suffered a heart attack. And everyone's like, oh, you know, like Rudebaker, 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 right? And then he's like, he's on his What if his like wife is in the audience or something? <laughs> She's like, oh, Charlie, <laughs> you know. And then uh-huh. he, and then he goes, um, so stepping in will be, and like was one of the ensemble guys will be his understudy, so and so, and so he's going to be in the next scene. And then this guy comes in holding script in hand. He goes, and the guy says like he doesn't know the lines. He's going to have his script in hand, right? And we're just, yeah. we're gonna carry on with the show. And then everyone applauds, you know. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, he would just go around the rest of the musical with the script in hand, you know, reading it, and, and uh, it made it actually much more entertaining. I'll be honest with you. And at the end, of course, he got a standing ovation. You know, Colonel Pickering too read a script. <laughs> yeah, so I was. I, I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. Right. We all could have. Yeah. Uh-huh. Walk around, just read the script, and you know. And so, uh, yeah, but then I will say, cause, you know, my friend's family runs that theater. I did find, because I, I checked in. They're like, oh, he, he, he's okay. He was fine. So Pickering, everyone should know, Pickering was fine. Good. I wonder if the understudy that memorized the lines. You know what You know what Pickering should have done? What? They should just scrap the whole run of My Fair Lady, and he should have written an entirely new show where it's My Fair Lady, but Pickering's the star. <laughs> based on some other Robin Williams character, though. yeah, based on a, a based on a different, yeah. This time it's based on that guy. Sadly, it'd probably be based on the guy from uh, uh, what was it about Instant Photo or whatever, some random like from uh, the world according to Garp. I mean, the world, <laughs> the world according to Pickering. Wouldn't it be funny if it was Mork from Mork and Mindy, and it's like the rain in Spain. False main uh, Pickering, she's got it. Nobody and he goes like nobody knows Nanu what Nanu. About, <laughs> nobody Nanu. knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you have any other personal stories you wanted to share with me? Yeah, so listen to this. I don't know why I don't know why parents are on this kick where I, you know, I come back and now like doing all this home improvement shit. Because then now one day my dad goes, Listen, your mom and I are gonna run an ad in, right? The ADT is coming. They're going to install security cameras in the house, around the house, the perimeter of the house, right? And they're going to come and do a consultation and tell us where to put the cameras, right? Yeah. And I go, all right, whatever. Then they leave. They're gone for a long time. Nobody from ADT ever comes, right? And then they come back, okay? And they go, where's ADT? And I go, I don't know. They just never showed up. So my mom calls ADT. And she goes, excuse me, ADT? Um, hello? 
um, where's the person? And then she goes, okay, okay. She says, she, they said at ADT that they're going to be here between 5 and 7. My dad's like, ugh. Well, what, 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 they said 2.30 to 4.30. I'm like, whatever, right? 5, 7 comes, no one shows up. And then my dad goes, this is ridiculous. And I go, this is so unprofessional. And I go, Where, how did you guys get this number? And she goes, I can't, I, you know, Mike Lawson, I'm searching for the story. I can't remember, but it's super shady how they got the number, right? So I go, let me get the number for ADT for you, right? So I get, I go to ADT's website, their official website, right? And I get the phone number and I give it to my parents and they call. And this person's like, hello, ADT, customer service. And my dad's like, you were supposed to be here at 4.30 and you weren't here. And then you were told to be here for 5 to 7 and you weren't here. And this is very unprofessional. And the guy's like, excuse me, sir. Sir, please calm down, right? Please calm yeah. down. So I don't know by, what you're... By the way, our mothers are so alike, our fathers couldn't be further than further apart. Though. Well, my dad doesn't usually do that. But I think he's yeah. super frightened right now about something. I don't know what he's frightened by, right? Yeah. So... He goes, sir, sir, please calm down. Let me look at who is this, who are you meeting with? And they give her the information. Like, I don't see anything. I don't. Us, yeah. that, well, I don't know anything about this in the sketch. I don't see it. But in my, what do you mean you don't know? This is ridiculous. That's um, you don't know when people are gonna come to the house. And I was like, whatever. So they hang up on this guy, right? What an idiot. I'm not gonna go with ADT anymore. That's dumb, right? Uh-huh. So the next day, coming around. I see my mom on the phone. Excuse me, ADT? Hello. <laughs> you said you were going to be here at 1230 and no of one's course. here. I'm like, are we doing this again? She goes, Joey, this was a really good deal on the security cameras. And I go, oh, well, they're showing you they're not competent. But anyway, right? So then, like, she's like, okay, whatever. And then, like, she hangs up. Someone rings a, oh, no, 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 no. I go, where did you get this number? Here, try this number with ADT. So then she calls ADT, the real ADT now, right? And yeah. she goes, yeah, we're like, Rebecca's supposed to be here at like 2.30? And she goes, oh, okay, all right, okay, okay. Oh, my God. Joey, they said there's no one named Rebecca that works for them. They've never heard of Rebecca, and they don't have us on the schedule. And then, like, Mike Lawson, I'm not even joking, like, it's out of a movie. It's like, goes, ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, like, sneaks up. Screams. She sneaks to the door, and she's like, hello? And, like, it's, like, poking her head up the I window. understand what's happening. You do, too, right? <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out. It's like an old lady, right? And she goes, hi, I'm Rebecca. Go away, please. We're not interested. And the woman's like... But you, I'm sort of confused what happened because uh, we're not interested. Please, please. And she goes, can I give you my card? And she goes, um, I suppose. And then takes the woman's card, right? Yeah. And then the woman like leaves super confused. And my mom's like, ah, ah, ah. and then she gets on the phone. And she calls her cousin. She goes, I mean, people were trying to like, ah. Break, like, break into our house. I think we're the subject of a con artist. And I just told her to go away. And then the woman came back and she goes like, I'm not sure I gave you the right card. She goes, yes, you did. Bye. And like changed her <laughs> as they chased her. 
And so, like, okay, what is your theory? What happened? I think that they found some sort of like third party that installs ADT shit and was had some sort of promotion going on, and that when they were trying to call ADT, that's why they didn't have any sort of record because it was this third party. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And now they feel, but now they don't want to call Rebecca because they feel badly. I'm like, you should call Rebecca because she wants the gig. Like, that should be the pay. Like, we feel awful. And she drove out already once. Yeah. Like, and just, you know what? Like, and ex- it's security. Explain to her. Yeah. Like, she'd get that. She'd be like, wow, you're, <laughs> you're really safe people. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, Joe, I wanted to tell you uh, about um, this article that I read. But now, since we didn't record last week because... Mm-hmm. I was dealing with birthday stuff, and you were dealing with oh, God. I was doing drag race stuff. Yeah, um, we didn't record, but there's more to talk about now. So, oh, really? San Franciscans are attacking driverless cars. So, this story was published a couple weeks ago, and since then, some shit has gone down in Tempe, Arizona. But not everyone is wait in where the Tempe, Arizona. But don't you say they say it weird? Is that how they say it in Tempe? Yeah, that's how they say it. But then, how do I like, say it? Tempe. And what do they say? Tempe. Oh, I see. It's not P, it's Tempe. Like, so they say Tempe, and I say Tempe. <laughs> I don't know. We've. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember There's when a you, weird way to say it. It's you, one of those things that, like, it's like those glow-in-the-dark stars. If you look at it directly in the eye, I can't see it. But So now that we're, like, talking about the word Tempe, I can't say it incorrectly. I don't know what's correct and what's not correct. No, I get what like you mean. I remember at it directly. I knew someone who used to live in New Haven, and I would say New Haven. He'd be like, it's New Haven. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. Prescott and Prescott is something in Arizona, too. It's spelled Prescott, mm-hmm. but people say Prescott. Well, there's a huge controversy. There was a really good article about it here in Los Angeles, because there's some there are some cities in Los Angeles or areas of Los Angeles that people say the anglicized name. So yeah. you, you would think the Mexican part of me would be like, yeah, well, you should say it the Mexican way. But I'm like, no, it sounds weird. Like, for instance, I, I say Los Feliz, right? Okay. Yeah. But there are some hipsters who go, mm, Los Feliz. I live in Los Feliz. I'm like, I, I guess that's technically right, but that just sounds really weird. Yeah. Well, the problem is, and I'm not, I'm not taking in either side when I say this. The problem is we can't have both. Like, it's confusing if you're saying like let's meet in Los Feliz and someone else is not. Mm-hmm. If they want, but meaning the same thing. That's confusing. Mm-hmm. Like we need to pick one and go with it. And you know the argument I think might be. I don't know. I'm not going to make the argument that one's better than the other, but I think it's too confusing to have both going on. Anyway. Um, not everyone. Oh, also, um, Point Reyes up here is called Point Reyes if you're actually from here. But I learned that by the hard way when someone made fun of me. But not everyone, Joey, is welcoming the robot technology that brings us self-driving autonomous vehicles. According to reports from the California Department of Motor Vehicles, the month of January 2018 saw two separate incidents in which San Franciscans physically attacked an autonomous autonomous vehicle you will you will be either proud or ashamed to learn that san francisco is the only city in california in which a human has been reported to commit an act of violence against an autonomous vehicle uh by dmv law every collision in 
involving a driverless car does have to be reported no matter how minor. And the LA Times reported that there have been six collisions uh, to date using these autonomous vehicles. Uh, but update, I, I wish we had like a sound effect of like a newsroom to prove that I'm doing an update. But are you still there, by the way? You're being yeah, really no, I'm silent. here. I'm here. Okay. So an update. In Tempe, Arizona, uh, this past Sunday night, a self-driving Uber vehicle struck and killed a woman. The incident represents a grim milestone in the age of automotive autonomy. It appears to be the first known death of a pedestrian struck by an autom- autonomous vehicle on a public road. So um, that's pretty much the gist of it. I think she was a homeless person. Uh, she had like a, ba- a bicycle with a bunch of plastic shopping bags kind of tied to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the video of it? No, I won't watch it. It's awful. Yeah, I wouldn't watch um, it. It's like it's a, like a millisecond. It basically sees her. Uh, all you'll see is the woman kind of walking out of a shadow, and then the video stops like a millisecond before she gets struck. Oh, okay. So it's not like you actually see much, but uh, that. And you there's there's a human driver in the car that can take over, um, but he is kind of distracted at the time. Um, so that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, but this, first of all, where this accident happened is very close to where I lived and worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually feel like I was like, I would kind of cross, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm seeing a street view of it and I totally know it. But then this other thing says that maybe it was on 75th Avenue. Oh, but that's not even Tempe. Never mind. This is near where I used to work. It has to be. Um, but um self-driving vehicles what do you feel about them do you have strong feelings about um i don't know the safety of it are you yeah because go ahead well i mean like we there's a lot of things that we i feel like people who fight it a lot of times sound like they're fighting technology and like it just seems kind of counterproductive that's all go ahead why do you feel it's unsafe I don't feel we're there yet. I feel we're still... Now, I don't know anything about technology, but if I had to guess, gut feeling, right? From from knowing nothing. I would guess we're five years away. I'll tell you why. Like, every time I read about these stories, someone who writes the article will bring up very interesting points. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Like, like what happens in this case, you know? Like, in fact, you know, I was talking to a friend of the show, Adam Vaught. Yeah. He lives over in Mountain View, California, which is the home of Google. Yeah. And he was walking in the neighborhood and there was, he uh, was crossing the street and in a crosswalk and a car came to a stop, but a, a self-driving car, I might be getting the story wrong, was coming up and the way the angle was... Because of what Adam Vaught was walking, the car was stopped already. The self-driving car couldn't sense that Adam Vaught was crossing the street. Does that make sense? Because there's no way for them to sense it because he can't. Adam Vaught's basically blind to that car. So, like, Adam Vaught, by, like, a millisecond or by a millimeter, like, the car just sped right by him. Like, would have run him over if he was just, like, an inch over. So, like, there's certain there's certain elements to the, the driving experience that are specific that you need human reaction. You know, like, there's no reason why a car would 
know where Adam Vaught was or be able to react. Um, and there have been other cases of where I'm like, oh, self-driving, I can't remember what they are now, but like where you need human decision-making. Well, you know, I'll even give you a good example. As we all know, I've discussed, I've driven for Uber before, and I know Uber wanted to um, use, and they, I think they just abandoned those plans, but wanted to do self-driving technology. And I was thinking about when I did it is there was... What do you mean? Th- wait, wait, wait. What do you mean they abandoned it? The The article I just read is from an Uber car that... Yeah, a driverless Uber car. I think I just read like a couple of days ago they were abandoning their self-driving program. They suspended it. Oh, but that means because somebody just died, they're not going to be. They, I, I don't think that it's going anywhere. California, like currently, all driverless cars have to have a human in them, but starting April second, they don't. In oh, really? California. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going anywhere. Anyway, the I th- the point the is suspension that- of it is just like out of respect, I think. And as this news dies down, uh, there are mu- there are a ton of circumstances where I'm like, you need to have like human decision making skills to operate and to be an Uber driver. Like people aren't where- people lie, not lie, but they like they move and they're not where they say they are, or they like go like bizarro places. And like, you have to be able to have the, the ability to like search for the person, what they look like. And like, no, Oh no, 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 no. But see, you're like, I'm, I'm, I, first of all, I don't feel passionate about this and kind of don't even care. So I don't want to like get into a heated argument about it, but I feel like what your, your sort of perspective is like anti-progress. So it's like, well, we can't possibly have driverless cars because of the way it's always been, but we need to change the way things are. So, like, if you have a driverless car, then th- you become the person that's searching. So your driverless car is sitting here. Go go enter it. And then it's, like, on the map, and then you go to it or something like well, that. that like it's, well, that's where Uber's going you know, now anyway. things change. Things change, yeah. But, no, what I, I never I, – I just said we're, we're further along from it than what they would have you believe. I think there's some. I can't remember what all the different like bugs are. I've heard like. Go ahead. I've heard some like um, criticisms of it. Like if you have to go over a cliff or drive through a crowd of people, like those kind of decisions are difficult for a machine to make or to navigate through or around. Right. Mm-hmm. Like those kind of um, decisions are, I think, best done by a human brain, but. I think there's an argument to be made, and I'm not in any sort of position to make it, that the technology might even be better at some of those decisions that human brains are really bad no, at. No, no, you're right. And, and look, I, there's no one that wants driverless cars more than I do. One, because driverless cars would really, in a lot of ways, that's going to be the solution to our traffic problem. Because yeah. uh, human beings, that the reason that there's traffic has to do with human beings and the there's no consistent decision-making thing. But also, the ability to just sit there and go play on my phone or talk on the phone like a normal human person would, is amazing. I'd rather do that and not think about driving. Just yeah. sit there and... Read a book, yeah. Read a book or, you know, go on Reddit. Like I already... Because, God forbid, I cut down on my Reddit time. Yeah. Record a drag queen podcast. <sighs> you know, I probably, <laughs> probably what I land up would be doing. Another one. Uh-huh. So... Uh, well, Mike Lawson, let me tell you something. Have you heard of these sanctuary cities? Um, I have, yeah. Don't ask my mom about them, though. Oh, why? Well, she just has feelings, I'm sure. 
Well, I'm going to tell you something. People have feelings just like her because Los Alamitos was the first government agency in Orange County to fire a salvo against California's so-called sanctuary laws, which aim to shield immigrants here illegally from deportation, but it might not be the last. Costa Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem Alan Mansour, who in 2010 spearheaded a city council action to declare Costa Mesa a rule-of-law city when it comes to support for upholding immigration laws, said he's open to looking at ways to work more closely with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Now, I'm not going to read the whole article here. We'll be here all day. But the, the point is that there are a lot of cities in Orange County that are saying, like, well, we're not going to do this new sanctuary city thing. And I actually have very complicated views on this, um, but I wanted to get your take on the sanctuary city uh, uh, controversy. I, I mean, I I feel like a lot of the sort of anger against sanctuary cities is coming from racist people. <laughs> yes, um, just. Like the photograph that came with this Orange County Register or LA Times article that you linked to, it's just like screaming red in the face white people. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason alone, I'm like, mm, it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> um, I don't know. Where, I, where are you at? I'm, I, I would guess, but... So here's my take on Sanctuary City. So like the thing with a Sanctuary City is... All they're saying, for the most part, is when someone is arrested, if the person is uh, an undocumented person, right, they're not going to share that information with law enforcement unless there's a, a warrant, right? So they'll obey a warrant from a judge, okay? But it's just not It's not like if ICE just – they're not going to call ICE and say, hey, listen, we have an undocumented person here, right? Yeah. And they're not going to say, like – or if ISIS calls and says, like, hey, do you have any undocumented people? They're not going to tell them. They're not going to work with a federal agency to do that unless it's by warrant. Okay? So, sure. So, just because I've been called too liberal for mm-hmm. my own good or something yeah. by people before uh, that listen to this, if I were to play uh, conservative devil advocate, mm-hmm. um, I would say that enforcing the federal immigration law isn't something that you can just voluntarily do it's something that you're kind of required to do as uh right yes is that kind of the argument against that's sort of the argument here's what's tricky on both sides actually i actually got i did a deep dive into this a couple weeks ago so now unfortunately it was a couple of weeks ago so i don't remember all the details now just for you just so you know the reason the cities and this usually has to do with major cities it has to do with my argument with this case too and how stupid it is is cities like Los Angeles or San Francisco or San Diego. I don't know I don't know what San Diego status is on this, but like Los Angeles and San Francisco have called themselves sanctuary cities. And the reason is that the police force works very closely and depends on these communities and the undocumented communities to solve crimes. So if you if 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 it becomes one of these things that the police are required to report undocumented people, you're going to see actually a spike in crime because people are going to be unwilling to cooperate with cooperate with the police yeah. because they're sure. afraid they'll be deported, right? So there sure. needs to be this level of trust between the police community and the citizens so that they don't feel just because they talk to a police officer that they're going to be... Um, 
sent to uh, deported. There's a case in Florida that's important here where somebody, it was actually a good Samaritan, like he either, either like narked on a murderer or stopped a killing from happening, did something good, right? Um, maybe it was a wife being, I don't remember, it was two weeks ago. And nothing happened, the police didn't do anything with what happened. I think it might have been a domestic abuse situation. But they arrested the person who reported it because that person wasn't documented and deported that person. Okay? And that they want to avoid those kinds of situations. Now, when we get to the legal situation, this is where it's very interesting. To me, at least, because I'm boring. Is there's... It's actually kind of, and this is why the Supreme Court's going to decide this, and I can't tell which way it's going to go. Technically, states have to abide by what the federal government does, but cities don't have to. So this is what's really weird. Now, this case, and what's and what's funny is, I mean, I think with the, the Supreme Court the way it is, I think we can guess how it's going to kind of go, is there are very good arguments on both sides, and what's funny is that those arguments, and I'm just talking about, not necessarily about the validity of sanctuary cities, just about the federal government authority here. What's funny is what the evidence that they have to go on, and I'm going to use examples in a second if I make no sense, has to do with the opposing party actually making that happen. I'll tell you what I mean in a second. So the argument that the progressives would make against why the federal government has no right to tell a city um, about what to do with sanctuary cities has to do with a case, I believe this is the case from the 90s, it is from the 90s, where there were some um, gun laws passed, and uh, I think it was about to be a tough gun law was passed, and the federal government tried to come in and enforce their gun law or something. But anyway, the NRA sued and said that, you know, the federal government had no right to tell a city what it was going to do with guns. I think like there was some cities like in Arizona that wanted to be like, you can just shoot up anywhere. <laughs> you know, like just boop, 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 like old West days. And the government, the federal government would come in and say, no, you can't do that. And they sued saying the federal government had no jurisdiction over cities. They had jurisdiction over states and that, and that federal law was applied to states, but not at the city level, right? Sure. So that, and when you read it, you're like, oh, that's a really good argument, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. That, you know, that this has already been uh, adjudicated in terms of because of the NRA sued. The problem is on the other side is, and this is at the state level, we've seen this happen already with, um, I'm sorry, the story I just told you had to do with the state of Arizona. And, the NRA said that, you know, you couldn't tell the state what to do here. The problem here is the other side is the conservative argument there. The basis for their argument is Obamacare. When these states didn't want to implement parts of Obamacare, the federal government said you have to here because this is federal law. So it's going to be very, very tricky. And it's going to go. And then and again, the tricky question is, it's not actually entirely clear whether cities have to abide by their own state law. We don't have a sort of an, an, a thing where the, the 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 definition between a relationship between the city and the state and the city doesn't have a relationship per se with a federal government. So that's very because because honestly, if so, what I'm saying here is it's weird because if Los Angeles and San Francisco are going to claim to be sanctuary cities, which I totally support, and I think they should, 
then I guess by the same argument, Los Alamitos and Newport Beach and, um, you know, Irvine should should have the same right to not to be. Here's what's funny. And here's what's stupid. All right. Go ahead and don't be sanctuary cities. I just told you what a sanctuary city does. There's no fuck. When I, I lived in Newport Beach for almost 20 years. When I left, the the number of Mexican went down by half. All right? So it's not going to be a big, giant problem in Newport Beach that if they arrest an undocumented person, that, like, this is... And, there's you know, I don't think the, the police have giant relationships with undocumented people in Newport Beach. So... That, I don't know how true that is. Well, the relationship part, but, like, there are plenty of people that work in Newport Beach, like, that... Are probably undocumented. Like there, yeah, that's true. And they an could industry yeah. of folks that clean houses and cook food and do all that kind of work in in those cities. But right? I think, yeah, and that's I think that I think that's a whole other set of laws about how. Uh, and I think this one we might have more footing on where like because there have been cases where like you're getting to the tricky cases where can you've you've seen police officers who are being very aggressive go into like restaurants and just do a sweep and there's been this argument i don't know if this is part of this i don't know what i didn't i don't know the details of these sanctuary city laws and i don't know what umbrella if it falls under this umbrella what they're talking about here but where people are going to do sweeps and there have been restaurant owners who literally refuse and ask for a warrant you know that's the thing this has to do with like warrants then that's the thing people think like we're trying to like break the law or like people will abide by warrant it has to do with just capricious we're gonna do a sweep of uh the ihop right here on 17th street in costa mesa and we're gonna arrest undocumented people and the restaurant and this is what's you know currently going through the courts do restaurant owners have a right to refuse that sweep you know so yeah Anyway, John Arts, our email address is guys at cupodcast.com. That doesn't work. Anymore. Oh, guys use at our ca- contact form. Use a contact form on our website. Okay, so John Arts, just use the and- contact. Oh, he has our personal email. <laughs> so, John Arts, just, I, we await your email. If you do go to catchinguppodcast.com, there's a contact form. If you have uh, thoughts about this story, you can choose to send it just to Joe or <laughs> to Joe and Mike. I'm I'm cool if you send it just to Joe. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, send it just to me. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but you could send me nice messages if you'd like. Um, what's going on with you next week? Have we haven't asked each other what's happening next week in months? What do you got going on next week, Joey? <sighs> next week, um, I am going to. Um, it's all. <laughs> God, my life is so sad. <laughs> Everything I had to do with it with RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, technically, well, technically not. So one of them is a RuPaul's Drag Race thing, but I'm looking forward to it. Is that my cousin Natalie? Okay, uh, she is a fashion designer. Okay, she actually listens yeah. to the show. She listens. Hi, Natalie. Hi, yeah, and she is a fashion designer. She works for Mattel, and she and her friend, who also works for Mattel, they're going to come on to RuPaul's Drag Race recap, and we're going to work. We're going to go through the looks. Of, oh, cool! That's fun. Of episode one, and because I, because you know, before I had RuPaul's Drag Race recap, I used to go to her house every week and watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and it was kind of amazing. She, she, you know, people would be walking on the runway, and she would tell you like, "Oh, well, look at that, 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 that," and be like, oh, and she'd be right. Like she had, because she knows that language and she knows that world. I don't understand. Yeah. So it, it'd be good to learn that to see what to look for and why things worked and why things didn't. 
that's the one interesting thing I have going on next week. Cool. I do want to tell people too, you have um, this other podcast, RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. And episode one for season 10, you started off with a song parody that I think was really great. Um, so people listening should go check that out by going to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap.com. Yes, you can go there. You can download it anywhere you download podcasts. Or actually, you know what? If you go to SoundCloud, just a number is there, actually. Um, And I think, I believe it's soundcloud.com slash drag race recap. But I'm going to check that out for you guys right now as we speak. Cool. So while you're doing that, um, I've got a birthday dinner uh, tomorrow and a bunch of work shit. Nothing too exciting. Uh, aside from that dinner, so the end. Yeah, like I was saying, if you go to soundcloud.com slash drag race recap, you're gonna see a song that a parody we made of one of the of RuPaul's songs with people it's myself, Taylor the Latte Boy, and our other little boy co-host Evan Ayers rapping. So you wanna hear Joe Batan's rap? Uh, this song has also been the killed my sanity. So you get to you get, <laughs> you get to hear the the number that brought down my sanity. It was really good though. I feel like I, I understand that it killed your sanity, but I think it was worth it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at cupodcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson. And follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail. They never miss a week.